G'day everyone, it is Thursday, August 18, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. Still don't know where the grand final is, but we've got a great game of footy tonight. South's up against Penrith, of course, Stadium Block will be in here just after 7 o'clock this morning to preview round 23 in the NRL. And, Pup, we've had an interesting 24 hours. I walked into a tree, you walked into a pole. Yeah, morning, Mido, Loz, listeners. Yeah, I uh, I was going for a walk yesterday afternoon, enjoying the sunshine, had the headphones in. Uh, I was also writing an email and, bang, <laughs> straight into a no-standing sign for me. Took it on. It's a wonder chicken chow didn't see. <laughs> yeah, I was wonder I didn't get photographed doing it. That's when you want the paparazzi for something like that. Um yeah, the pole's still standing. Good I didn't fall over, thank God, but look around, hope no one saw you and play on. <laughs> what did you hit? A tree. Yeah, well, jogging to the gym, Ashley, straight into a tree. <laughs> when, God, hang a on, little... a branch or a tree? No, it was a branch. Hanging, but... hanging down. <laughs> yeah, hang, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you, know, you just keep going. You, you don't oh, look around no. to see if anyone saw it. No. Just head down, keep going. You definitely don't act like it hurt. <laughs> That's for sure. You don't rub it. <laughs> what are you on. shaking your head at? How's your you day, Lodge? Do you go to the gym? What'd you do yesterday? Yeah, you tested me, pup. Um, Good memory. <laughs> don't know. Uh, just trying to think. I didn't do too much. I, I did go to the gym, and then I went home and I sat out the back and sunned myself. Mm. Good weather, wasn't it? So it was perfect weather. I think the forecast the entire week. Well, Jamie. Would have just read the weather then. I didn't hear, but I I reckon the weather's pretty good for yeah. I think it's pretty good week. for the next few days. Twenty two today, but it's going to be raining for the next six months apparently. Oh, yeah, don't. you can leave that yeah, bit out. No. Let's just let's just stay in this week. Let's just look but at twenty two degrees. Stay in the today. moment, yeah. so it should be good. So yeah. I'll probably do the same thing. I'll have a bit of a rest this afternoon. I think. What nap <laughs> siesta? I think I might. What are your thoughts on the afternoon siesta? Oh, in this job, it's no good for you. Yeah, I can't. I'm. I can't go to sleep that if I sleep during the day I can't go can't back sleep to at sleep night. At no, night. I'm the same. But because I <clears throat> go on the Maddie John show, oh, I'll try and, night, I'll try yeah. and I yeah, don't usually, but I'm feeling it, yeah. I feel like I need one today, so I'll probably do that. And then um, I don't know. Get ready for the footy tonight. Looking forward to seeing South play Penrith. Who you like? The Pen- um, I like South, but Panthers B, isn't it? Really, they got. So many important Yeah, I, I'd out. just wait and see. If Liam Martin plays, it might be yeah. a bit of a difference. They've still got a decent forward pack, although Fisher-Harris being out, it's a Massive big blow for them. Reckon, yeah. And South, that confidence with Latrell being back, Campbell Graham being back. So possibly, yep, yeah, possibly South. If Latrell doesn't play, I'm not believing anything ever again. Because everyone's saying he's playing. No, he's Everyone. He finished the captain's run yesterday, so he'll be and, right. And, mate, he walked off a training field. Like, mate, he can do that if he's... Got a sore big toe, like just because groin. can't yeah. muck around with groins. What are you and talking about, mate? It's just you feel something. It's a training session. Feel something. Get on the couch. Short turnaround. Mate, he'll be fine. Like everyone thinks. Oh, mate, you walk off the training field. Oh, he's broken something. No, he's just got a tiny niggle. Takes a day to recover. Get on with it. Well, Physio, doctor, rehab. Get into it. Well, he'll you had fine. a lot of hamstring troubles, as did I. Yeah. And it's amazing how your body starts to play tricks with you. I don't know whether you ever went through this, but all of a sudden you'd do something and you'd always feel yeah. or think you you felt your hemi maybe having a twinge. And there was nothing wrong with it, but no. it was just your head thinking yeah, you that felt something. something so yeah, you, yeah. My, mine a lot of the time with my my back and hamstrings, obviously they are related. But a lot of the time, if my back was um, stiff or I had a bulging disc or something like that, that was when I was at most risk of tearing a hamstring. Yeah. So anytime, you know, an area, my, my hammies or my glutes had to work harder mm. because my back wasn't right, that's when I was at, you know, maximum risk. So that's why, you know, strength in all those areas, doing your rehab, doing your recovery, trying to get your body as close to 100% before you play a game and, was and the, the challenge for and me. The, and the issue with that is that because you know what your body then feels like at yeah. 100%, if it's not or you, you notice offer, it, don't yeah, you? you notice yeah, it. You learn so and much that, about your own and, body. And then yeah. your mind starts to play tricks with you, thinking, mm. oh, geez, is my hemi okay? And you go into some games thinking, oh, I wonder if it's my hemi. And the, the physio and the trainers would be so much, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, you know, the other There'd thing. There'd be nothing wrong do. with you. And you'd be still trying to battle that demon inside your head. You know, like, let's say you wake up in the morning and you've got a sore left calf. So then you start walking differently. What that does is put pressure on 
you know, the right side of your body. So for someone like Luttrell, even like a tiny little groin niggle or quad strain or whatever, it could all be related to that hamstring problem that he's had. So, again, you'd like to think, uh, you know, certainly playing a sport like rugby league where you're flogging yourself day in, day out, that not only the, the people around you as in your doctors, your physios, strength and conditioning, but you yourself – you know your body better than anyone and you learn, you know, what that feeling could be or how bad that is. And that's why I think you hear a lot of people talk about as the player gets a bit older, generally the ma- the major decisions around does he play, does she play, do they take the field, are they 100%, is dictated by the athlete, by the player. So yes, the, all the experts will, you know, you have to do a fitness test or, you know, they'll sit down and have that tough conversation with you. But... The player is the one that knows their body better than anyone. Same thing. You can go for a scan. You can see a fracture. But I know people that have had, you know, ribs, for example, a broken rib versus a bruised rib. Sometimes a bruised rib can be more painful than a break. Or rib cartilage damage. Exactly right. And you can play with certain, like other people, some players can play with more pain than others as well. Some players are are happy to take medication or get a cortisone injection. Some players aren't. So... I think that's where the communication and the trust, you know, needs to be put back into the player to a certain extent. There's certainly been times through my career where physio or doctor had to make the decision for me um, or tell me on certain occasions, even if I disagreed, but they, you know, they didn't want to go that way. They didn't want to take that risk. Um, but I'd, you'd like to think generally with a with a, a player that has been around for a long time, knows their body pretty well, that there's a bit of communication both ways. So I would imagine if Luttrell is saying he's ready to go, I reckon they'll play him. The market with Tab, the Bunnies affirmed, and their favourites $1.65 into $1.55, and Penrith two twenty five back to $2.45. I want to read a good news story, fellas, in regards to Aussie Cam Smith, the golfer, who... Uh, <laughs> Look, there's someone in the city. I'm not even going to mention his name. A columnist in the Herald. No, tell us. Tell us a name. Honestly. Tell me and I'll say. I don't even want the name mentioned on this program. Oh, who's been smashing Cameron Oh, about if he joins the Live Tour and how it taints him. And anyway, and he's written multiple columns on him now. But anyway, last week. uh, Is he married? Yep. To Lisa? Maybe. Yeah, okay. I know you told that. Last week. <laughs> Cameron Smith at the St. Jude Championship, so one of his drives, errant drive, hit a spectator. <laughs> it's hit the spectator and sort of the thumb and smashed his phone. Oh, no. The spectator oh, okay. phone in the hand. So Smith goes down, gets his details, gives him a signed glove, sends him a brand new phone yeah, the next legend. day. Legend. What a legend. Good on him. He can afford it. <laughs> Especially if he goes to the live tour. He can buy a few more than one. Nah, that's what I'm, again, this is why I, I don't, it's so hard for me to comprehend why or how this guy's reputation or image or brand can change. He's, mm. he, he comes across like one of the nicest guys on the planet. Now, if he decides to go to the live tour or he doesn't, it should be irrelevant. He's still the same dude. He's still a great bloke. He's still a great golfer. I, I just I hate how we do that in this country. You know, as soon as there's a, a hint of him, oh, he's going for the money. Well, mate, tell me someone that's, that's not going for $200 million thrown in your face. It doesn't change his personality. It doesn't change him being a great bloke. But, I, yeah, why, why do we jump off someone? You know, he's doing mm. nothing wrong. I love him. I'm a massive supporter of him. And him. That doesn't surprise me that he does that because he, he comes across exactly like that. Yep. Put put his the cell number, as they call in the States, in his yardage book. Ordered so him a new phone. Sent it to him. Outstanding. Great yeah, stuff, Cam yeah. Smith. Um, now, you talk about the good weather loss. And, gee, I'll tell you what, I'm pumped for Saturday. Randwick, I'm back. I'm back as far as the racing is concerned. The Group 1 wing stakes on Saturday. Field of 11. Uh, NMO got barrier one yesterday and accordingly just got out in the market a bit. 260 back to 280. Forbidden Love, barrier 10, six into $4.80. Mwanga barrier two, six just back to $6.50. Now I'll be uh, down there at the back somewhere. And Fangirl barrier nine, $8. Now I'm looking at Fangirl because Hugh Bowman had the choice, really. He's ridden Fangirl 
rode it to the Vinery Group 1 win, and he's ridden Forbidden Love. I think two Group 1 wins he's ridden Forbidden Love on, and he's chosen Fangirl. Yeah, well, that's an indication, I suppose, that you think that he's a better chance first up, or he may be looking further on or further down the line in terms of bigger races to come. So you, you just don't know, but all these horses are fantastic. Well, should be in for a good spring, but what a race to start with. I mean, all those horses that you mentioned, Enemo, are people going to jump in at, what, $2.70, $2.75? Cox Plate runner-up. Many say it should have won it. You know, yeah, you got Ice Bath, 26 bucks. Um, you know, you've got horses like Profonda. You've got Benno. Horses that people think will have big springs that are decent prices. You know, I, I think it's going to be a wonderful race. And obviously they're not fully wound up yet, but whatever they do, they'll improve off. Mm. But it's just good to see all the big guns now starting to come out to play. And by the way, Bay Ede, this uh, superstar over there in the UK, unbeaten, made it 10 out of 10. Uh, a devastating performance overnight. It stepped up in trip in the Judd Monty International Stakes there at York. Uh, had nine wins over the mile, but uh, you know stepped up to 10 furlongs. Faced a stack of group winners and victory. So at the moment, uh, it's laying claim to be the best horse in the world, this Bay Ede. Uh, the Newcastle Knights never far away from the papers at the moment, are they? It's a loo blow on the back page of the Telegraph. Players Union hits out over drug tests for toilet drama. So the Players Association not happy. And it's Chief Executive Clint Newton describing the drug testing of Caelan Ponger and Kurt Mann as a, well, a breach of confidence and irrefutable abuse of the process set out oh in the NRL's illicit drug testing policy. Uh, the testing's supposed to be confidential, apparently, and according to the Rugby League Players Association, they've been banging on for the policy to be reviewed. Now, the results, by the way, of these tests, well, they're not going to be known uh, yeah. publicly. The only way, as we mentioned yesterday, that I guess we'll find out is if it is a second offence against a player, and that incurs a 12-week suspension. So when you see a player, one of those two players, if they weren't appearing on the team sheet at the start of next season for multiple weeks, you can make your own assumptions. Well, if they've done nothing wrong, they've got nothing to worry about. Mm. So, like, I mean, the, the drug test is there. They're testing them three days after the event as well. So, <laughs> yeah, if, oh. if, they've, if they've taken what... Well, Look, you've got no dramas. A lot of it's out wrong. of their system anyway. If you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's exactly right. Well, the players, you know, claim they've done nothing wrong. So well, they shouldn't have anything to worry about. Yeah. Exactly. You'd be but, happy, you're happy to have the test. You actually want the results to be made yeah, public. You, yeah, exactly right. You want to go, so you know what? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Give and me please the make the results please public. Make them public. Yeah, that's what you'd want okay. if you've done nothing wrong. Look, Clint Newton's doing his job as boss of the RLPA, no, no doubt about it. But I can completely understand the NRL, because it's gone to the integrity unit. Mm that the integrity unit sends people up there to do the tests. I can understand that. Mm. Isn't that what you do in an investigation? Uh, yeah. But my only mm. uh, issue with that, because, again, I'm only going back to when I played. The, the, the rules may have changed. I didn't think they could target test. The clubs can target test, but I thought the governing body couldn't target test. So change the rule. Yeah, oh, I'm like, not sure. I haven't read the policy. It's, it's, because it's, I, I remember when we used to have the drug test, mm. the, if the club did it, mm. they could come and say, mate, we're going to drug test you. But, but if but, a SADA or someone turned up, they couldn't target test you. They had to pull your name out of a hat. So they put everyone's name in a hat and then they'd pull your names out. But it's and a, you had to be there. It's the same thing. Like, like uh, This is not about them finding out if there's if they've taken drugs on that night. Because that's what I'm saying. They're testing three days after the event. Yeah. Right? You test the day after, the day of or the day after, because generally substances will stay in your system yeah. for at least but 24 they didn't get hours. The they didn't know until okay. a couple of days but later. But again, if this is about finding out if there's drugs in their system, you've got a hair test because that, that'll give you six month leeway yeah. of what's in your system. 
a blood test, if it's if it's cocaine, for example, yeah. it'll be out of their system in 24 hours. Yeah. So even this, I feel like it's a bit token. They probably can't. Know? No, of course they can't, they, and they that's what can't. that's what the players' association is saying. Hang on, yeah. we've got an agreement which we actually want to sit down and, and fix anyway. But yeah. even in our current agreement, yeah. they're saying this is unacceptable what they've done. This is completely targeted. If I've done nothing wrong, I'm saying bring it on. Yes, if you're the two players and you've done nothing wrong, well, if I'm the, if you the two players, knowing it's three three days after the event, you're probably saying, you know what, I can't wait for the drug test. I'd love to have the drug test, and can you please make it public? <laughs> because you know, even if you have done something wrong, you're going to be cleared. It's going to be good for your reputation. But re-emphasising, the players say they've done nothing wrong. Yeah. So, uh, and as nothing Lord said, to worry about. Yeah, nothing to worry yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. So we move on. Also, the back page. We solved it. You've <laughs> done nothing wrong. Don't worry. And even if you have the results, it's not going to come out anyway. So play on. <laughs> uh, NRLW season launched yesterday. Absolutely raring to go. Kezi Yaps there and uh, Holly Wheeler, a couple of the Dragons players. And uh, they, of course, were beaten in the grand final by the Roosters in the previous season that finished in April. We spoke to Isabel Kelly of the Roosters yesterday. And it all kicks off this weekend. And the grand final is the same day as the men. Sunday, October 2. And they've got four new teams coming in in the NRLW next season. We'll speak to Adam Pengilly of the Herald, of course, later this morning. He was at the launch there yesterday as well. And in the Herald today, uh, Pengilly has co-written an article under the headline, WA in the mix to grab more games from Sydney. So uh, WA, the government there say that they want to host another double header there at Optus Stadium. Uh, they did when the stadium was first opened back in 2018, and they're looking at round one, or perhaps in that July-August window next year when Sydney venues are unavailable due to the FIFA Women's World Cup, using a lot of those venues here at the time, and uh, proactive stuff from the WA government. They're probably looking at the cold feet the NRL is getting at the moment with the New South Wales government and thinking, well, we've got this big shiny stadium. We can host grand finals. We can host more origins. We would love to have an NRL team here. And they're so minus, let's get on the front foot. And they're minus already by the way they carried on through COVID. They missed so many events through there. So, of course, they're going to be chasing every dollar possible now to make up for it. A lot of money to build a stadium like that and not use it for two and a half years like they did. Let's get our Perth Bears over there, Clark. You get my Bears Mate. back. Get whatever you want. I've still got beef with WA. <laughs> I've still got COVID beef. You wouldn't let people in, wouldn't let people out. I'm like, man, you could go to New York, but you couldn't go to Perth. Give me a break. So I've still got my, I don't care if they get nothing at the moment. The things you look I'm not on, going there, put it that way, by choice. What we know now, like two weeks in quarantine for perfectly healthy people. Mate. What an, that's, <laughs> oh, but you you could fly to New York easier yeah. from Sydney than you could fly to Western Australia. Mm. What a joke. Yep, no doubt about that. Uh, now, Clarkie also, back page of the Australian here, test series being pushed around by white ball game. Now, the Future Tours program came out yesterday for the next four years for Australia. I mean, let's just face it. The ICC, everything is now prioritised towards T20 slash franchise cricket, if you include the 100, if you want to call that cricket over there in England at the moment. Everything is just being moved to the side, international cricket, to create massive windows Mm. for these competitions which I'm convinced will have long-term horrendous implications for international cricket. And therefore, what does that mean for cricket as a whole? Where do players make their names? Just a reminder of that. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you one example of the madness. So, in, And I know we're going ahead here. So it, this is the 2026-27 summer. And think if you're a broadcaster, how much are you going to want this? So Australia plays against Afghanistan, a test at home in August in 2026. Then we go to South Africa, September, October. Then we come home and we play three tests and three one days there. Then we Who come we home. Play? Who do we play? Oh, is that South Africa, three tests, three yeah, one days? Yeah, that's September, October in South Africa. Okay. Then we come home November, December. So this is our prime our summer. Yep. summer. We, we play England in, hang on, three one days and five 2020s. Then we have a test series, a three-match test series against New Zealand, December, January. So the Boxing Day yep. test, new, so against New Zealand. 
Two tests, our, three tests against three New Zealand. Three tests. Okay. That's our, you know, our major yep. series that summer. Yeah, three one tests. In the world. Then we go to India in mid-January mm-hmm. and play five tests in India mid-January, February. Because they want it all done for the IPL to start in March April, over there. Yeah, end of March, yeah. <laughs> then we come back in March, in March in Australia. Don't tell we're playing test matches. And play two test matches against Bangladesh. Token. Okay, what a, so what a I, joke. So the IPL players won't be playing those two test matches either. No. So... The ICC, yeah. so test, well, let's just let's just start writing the obituary for international cricket because think, no one cares. I think what's I think what we're seeing happening is the countries are going to prioritise test cricket against Australia, India, England, and maybe South Africa. Those four countries, test cricket will matter. The rest, it's just fading away. You're putting test matches on in the middle of winter. You're putting test token one test here, two tests there. Uh, players will pull out because the IPL will be on. Like those test matches against Bangladesh in March. <laughs> players will be playing. Oh. They'll choose IPL over playing test cricket for their country. Oh, well, that's that's you know? where it'll get to. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, this is the thing. It, it, like we're talking about it in golf. We've seen it in cricket for over ten years. Unfortunately. You know, you, you, there's only going to be, you know, a couple of test match series. Like, even the fact we're now going to a five-test series against India continues to show the importance of that country. 90% of the income in our game comes through India. You can, you can probably add more to that now because of the IPL. You know, they own the game of cricket. And the ICC is in... They've got no choice. Mm. You know, they're just sitting in a place where, like, IPL says... All players should be available for the IPL. It's the only domestic tournament in the world on the planet where international cricket stops. Because if it doesn't, players are not going to play for their country. And we're about to see it with Australia for probably for the... Like, we've seen players pull out of one-day series or 2020 series and choose the IPL. Australian players already. Or, sorry, domestic. Like, we've got Shield cricket on. And for the first time, I think last year or the year before, players were saying, no, nah, I'm going to play in the IPL. Now we're going to go to the next level. They're going to be choosing IPL over representing Australia in test matches against Bangladesh. Mm. So I think it's delaying the inevitable. It's always going to happen. How they find room for all these domestic competitions, I don't know. Um, unless, they, unless they wipe international T20s. Don't have international T20s. Just make room for the domestic tournaments and then just have a T20 World Cup. That's what they probably should do. But I don't know how we sustain 2020 internationals, one-day internationals, test cricket, and all of these domestic competitions where BBL wants all the international players. South African 2020 wants all the international players. The 100 that's going on right now wants all the international players. There's not enough days in the year. So players will now start making choices, unfortunately, I think based on Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. We've got Josh Reynolds coming up shortly. He's back home. Josh, back boy, home he's back his... in Sydney. Yeah. Is he signed with the dogs yet? <laughs> surely. No. Unless he has in the last, I don't know, 10 hours. If he's back home, I want to catch up with him. Um, well, you, I haven't seen him for right. ages. You, of course, weren't here last week. No. So there was a story uh, Fox Sports broke saying that he was the, the dogs Morning. looking to get him back for next year. And Unreal. Josh told us last week he's he was sitting there at a pool uh, in some exotic location. I forgot where at the time. And his phone just started going ballistic. Media. He, he knows nothing about it. Yeah, okay. Oh, fingers crossed. I reckon conversations that would be. Yet, so. Well, I think he's also made it clear that that would be a dream come true for yeah. him if he could finish back at that club. So let's hope for everyone's sake that they find a way. Yeah, I think he's still got a lot to offer, Josh. So. And he'd be good at the Surely even like him knowing what that team was like when they were at their best or when they were very good. Yeah. His personality, he's made it clear he's happy to play if it's that 14 role, whatever it is like Benji Marshall did for the Rabbitohs. Well, I think surely that's the role there's they, a spot for him Most teams would want him in. And I think, you know, he's a you know, good fella to have yeah. around, good Beauty. professional, brings the blokes together. So I reckon that would be a fantastic role for him. Do you reckon he was happy he wasn't playing against Corey Norman the other day? Well, it depends. If Corey depends. is going to grab him on the butt, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happy not to play against Corey Norman as well. <laughs> Mate, leave my butt out of this. 
Is he listening to this? Uh, Can we go to him? What a shame that intro is redundant. Not got the Australian <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Welcome home, mate. Oh, hello, boys. How are we? Yeah, good, uh, thank you. It's not a bit, bit less friendly time frame for you now, isn't it? This, <laughs> this slot. How does no, it feel I, to be home? I, I like it, mate. I like it nice up and early and actually got, got something to look forward to now, mate. So... Yeah, no, it's nice, mate. The old um, the old jet lag isn't great, but um, yeah. other than that, it's um, it's been good. When it's did just... you get home, mate? I got home uh, two two days ago, mate. At about six a.m. So I've fought it, I've fought it, and then yesterday it sort of hit me. I had a had a couple of little little naps and, and whatnot, but um, I actually went down to Canterbury Races yesterday, Arvo. Just oh. to, just to, just to have a have a look at the track. It was a massive crowd, about five people there on a Wednesday. <laughs> And me, but no, it was good to um, to get back there, and it was good to see the races because it's not it's not really a um, I suppose betting betting culture over in um, the UK. Like even when you go to the pubs and stuff, you just can't really have a bet there. So it was, it was nice to actually um, use a use a tab machine. Well, if you listened to the show <laughs> yesterday, mate, you would have heard me give you two winners at Canterbury. At you know Canterbury what? I yesterday, actually, mate. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot. Yeah. I actually, I got, I got told about them too, Loz. Silly by me. Yeah. Silly Star Sparks and, and Hell I Am. Did you oh, give us no. Hell I Am? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. I remember you gave Star Sparks. Yeah, but then I had to go to another race. You told me to go to another race. And no, I, I went to Hell I Am, Johnny O'Shea. Okay. So there you go. Look, God, I'll just let you have it. It's two in the one day. But no, no big surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll, Josh. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Are you, Loz? I am. Three multis in a row, mate. Three in a row? Yes. Oh. Do you want his autograph, oh. Josh? I was just about to say, I better not back the next one because I'll tell you what, there won't be four in a row. <laughs> no, they will be. <laughs> Stay solid, brother. Stay Professional solid. Professional gambler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> t- tell, us what, tell us what Corey Norman was thinking, Josh. <laughs> oh, well... Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because I was I listened probably you know a couple of minutes before I come on the show, and where it led to just before I got on, I was like, really? Like, that's like really we're going to talk about it straight away? But yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure what's going on there, you know. Like all I was thinking now is, I suppose for all those all these years, it's been called the Hopper, but is it called the the Norman now? The Norman. Is it, does it is it is it changed? Is it? I don't know how he doesn't break his finger trying to get inside the shorts and speedos. It's got to be a. It can't be safe for the finger, that. Nah. Like, nah you I try just... and put your finger through your T-shirt and see how I, you go. I, I thought he must have known him. <laughs> well, that's well, yeah, he got I thought smiling. he was a mate of his just but, as a G-up. Mate, you know, like a hang on a, a second. How good a mate do you have to be? <laughs> to touch his butt. Leave I'm his butt trying, alone, I'm mate. just trying to picture why he would if put his hand there. If he's your mate, oh. you can give him a bit of a pat on the bum cheek, but go easy on the... Well, that's know? exactly right. Well, I thought it was on the cheek. Yeah, well... Anyway, eight weeks on the couch. Yeah, I reckon he'd mind being eight weeks on the couch in Toulouse, to be honest. So yeah. he's probably he's probably not. not Does it that. affect him next season, though, Josh? You're like they've had a horrible year. Does he? And he's off contract. What happens with him now? You reckon? Yeah, I'm not too sure, Clark. I, I think well, it looks like they're going to get relegated. Mm. So they'll probably they'll probably go back down. And yeah, I'm not too sure. A lot of the a lot of the boys that do go over there, I know it's in their contract. If they do get relegated, they they don't they don't want to go on um, next year. Because okay. I think once they get relegated, it might not be full time, and um, yeah, I'm not too sure how it works. But um, I, I can't imagine it'd be too um, it'd be too good for him for next year, Clarkie. But I suppose he he probably just went over there for a little, um, yeah, because he was only there for half a season. Yeah. And I think you know what I mean. He probably just went over for a, a little a little trip half, half the time too with his missus or whatever. So mm. yeah, not too sure. Well, as you could say. You could call it the Morton Norman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that word. <laughs> it's back. It's never left us. Oh, yeah, I like it. It's, it is my favourite word. Where are you at, buddy? Any updates on um, uh, a club or speaking to the dogs or speaking to your manager? Any updates for you personally? Um, so, mate, I was actually meant to meet um, George, my manager, yesterday, mate, but sadly, um, George is really close um, with Paul Green, um, he was one of his good mates, and he managed him for a long time. So, I'm just giving him a bit of time, mate. Yeah. To be honest, it's obviously a very, very sad time for, for you know sure. for everyone involved, and um, I know they were really close, mate. So, really sad to hear that. But for for me myself, mate, it's um, yeah, I just wanted to come back and um, see George first, and then and then sort of go go from there. But yeah, mate, my intentions haven't changed. Um, I'm still 
still want to throw throw the boots on next year and um, I suppose see what's out there, mate. So I'll probably just come back, Larky, and you know just just I suppose start training mm. um, myself just so I can keep keep on top of things and then. Yeah, see, see what comes about, mate. Where, where do you do that, buddy? So you say, obviously, you want to make sure you're in good shape, assuming you get an opportunity to jump back into a preseason. But are you, are you, do you train at a local gym? Do you go and train at a certain club with your connections, whether it be at the Bulldogs, at the Tigers? Do you speak to someone there to use their facilities, or what do you do? Yeah, Clarky, for weights and stuff, I just go down to the local gym. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know a few, few blokes down there there. Happy to have me there, but for probably for like the running um, mm. type of, type of stuff, I like to have someone one on one because you know with, with with my especially with my body and stuff like I you know I always want to go you know pretty hard at, at, if I go down to the park or whatnot. But you just got to warm into it just because I haven't done anything for a mm. while. I just can't go hell for leather and um, you know go breaking breaking me back straight away. But mate, I might um I'm I'm actually staying at Mum's in Belmore at the moment, so. I might just go down and run at the back paddock and see if they're watching me. <laughs> you know, I might just go start, go start. You know what I actually might do? Because I, I want to work on my kicking game, so I might just go watch Burden through the little hole at Belmore <laughs> and then go and practice them out the back and see if, see if anyone's watching. Just or stick the mask on, say you're doing it for COVID, yeah. and just find top right corner of the grandstand. You know what I can picture you doing? Like John Travolta in Greece, Denny Zuko on the training track, you know, when he's trying to impress. <laughs> he starts, yeah. he's got the stride going, and then he, they, he, they have a bit of a look, and he, he starts to get quicker and quicker, and then he falls over and then jumps up and goes, what, What's happened? What, what's going on? I can imagine you doing that around Billmore. Yeah, so. yeah. Although they'll be like, Mate, we get the point. You want, you want yeah. to be here. Yeah. Just give us a bit of time. <laughs> um, Josh, Cameron Serraldo announced as the next Dogs coach for five years. So what do you make of the appointment? Have you had to do much of anything with Cameron across your footy journey? I guess you would have played against him at various points. Yeah, but yeah mate, I haven't actually um, had anything to do with him. I, I did play against him. I was actually a bit um, a bit nervous the other day when they announced him because I was like, gee, I hope I didn't do anything <laughs> to him on the field. <laughs> you know, like I said, he's probably going to be like, nah, no way, he's no chance here. But... Um, no, I, I from all all reports, Mido. Um, I'm just like everyone else. I I hear things of people, and you hear things in the media, and you know, I know someone like Gus wouldn't just be getting anyone um, there for especially a five year deal. So um, one thing I do, you know, really think is a big thing that all the Panthers boys are sort of coming out and saying that they're really going to miss him. Um, said that was, he was a bit a bit of a father figure to a lot of those boys there, and yeah, I I, I just think he's well. I've heard he's very tactical and. He's very good with, with people, and for me, um, I think that's what you know, of all the best coaches I've ever had are. You know, they're, they're people, pers- um, people, persons, and you know, everyone's different. Uh, however, you know, how everyone gets a spray is different, and you know, how to how to deal with everyone is different. So, I'm sure if he does that and he's got the brain behind it, it'll be it'll be great for the dogs. What have you made of the Kalen Ponga and Kurt Mann situation over the last couple of days, mate? Yeah, it's obviously not not a great look, Loz. Um, you know, I've I've heard people come out and and say, you know, what why is Ponga going out and is is, is with the concussion protocol? But for me personally, with that with that side of it, I I don't think it's it's too bad. Like in in the sense of you know Ponga being out with concussion, whatever. It's people should be saying, oh, he should be off the drink and and, and look, he probably has been told to be. Oh, I'm not too sure there, but. He's not going to sit at home on, on the weekend and do do nothing for you know for the whole season and, and whatever. Even though the Knights would probably want him to do that, but yeah, it, it definitely hasn't been the greatest look for them two boys. And um, but even with, I'm not too sure with with the testing, the target testing. I I, I don't think that's completely fair. Can I ask, mate? Can can they target test? Well. You know, with all this testing and whatever laws, it's I, always... I know the clubs can, but I just didn't know whether Asada or you know, the game could target test. That's all. So I didn't, is, that didn't who, is that who has tested them? Is it, has it been Asada or has it been the NRL? No, it was the NRL. Yeah, I'm see, so that's... Pretty sure. I don't... Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing, was Because I, I think the RLPA have come out and said said something about it, haven't they? Have they said that, you know, that they shouldn't be able to just come and test those two boys? Yeah, because I was only going back to sort of when I played. I, I remember... They'd have to have someone from the club in the room, and they'd put draw your name out of a hat, basically, 
they couldn't sort of come in and go, we want to target X, Y, and Z. Well, that's 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 still how it happens. I'm not sure about the the draw out of a hat, but mm. I know whenever the NRL have come, it's um, yeah, it's, it's just a random list of, of, of players, and, and same with the SADA, and then they just tell you on the day, and then yeah, you just go go and do what you got to do. But I've never heard of it. I've never heard of you know, or I've never been told that you know, well, yep, you're getting done tomorrow, because I'm sure how that's happened or whatever, or the nights are just. Obviously, the Knights and the NRL have probably come to an agreement that, you know, the, if the boys wanted to clear their name or, or whatever, they, they said, yeah, yeah, no worries, come in and do it. But at the same time, if they start doing that, you know, it's it just changes the whole aspect of everything, doesn't it? You know, like it can, anyone can just be done at any time and whether you're told or not told or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I, I don't necessarily like that, to be honest, because in the end, it's just changing the rules or changing the goalposts whenever, whenever you want. But at the same time, you know, I know they want to keep all that stuff out of the game and whatever. So there's going to have to be talks with the ROPA and the, and the NRL and, you know, to get, I suppose, get, get it in concrete what, what the actual rules are. Josh, uh, on the park, the Roosters and the Bunnies are flying at the moment. Now, in 2014, your dogs finished seventh and uh, had a great run through the semifinals to make that grand final against Souths. And you're in the game up until about, what, the 70th minute or so. But... Uh, do you genuinely think anyone outside the top four can win the comp, can beat a Penrith in a grand final the way this season is tracking at the moment, the form of some of these sides in, uh, the, well, the, I guess, the back half of the eight? I, I Right now, Mido, I, I definitely do. Um, speak, you know, if, 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 if you asked me that four weeks ago when Penrith were flying, when they didn't lose Cleary and Luai and, you know, the way they've been playing at the moment, I would have said no, but I think everything's changed a bit now. Everyone's sort of said, you know, oh, Cleary and Luai are going to be rested and, you know, their, their minds are going to, you know, you know, be rested and it's going to be good for them. And, you know, what it might be, uh, it might they might come back and just hit the ground running. And there's probably two players who could probably do that. But I think when you're out for that long, um, even though you have played together for a very, very long time, you, you don't have much time to get back to where you want to be. And, you know, they might come back and they might drop a game with them in there. Then their confidence is, is you know, not gone, but, you know, they're wondering, oh, what's going on? But you've got someone, as you said, like the Roosters or South, more for me, South at the moment, who are just rolling. And Latrell is just in an absolute mood at the moment. Um, I've, I, I haven't seen him like this in, in, in a long time, form-wise. He seems to be happy. Um, he seems to be... Things aren't really getting to him as much as they used to. Like, I think in the games a lot last, you know, at, back when he was having those few little injuries and whatever, you know, a few boats get under his skin and he, he was taken to it. But now he just seems to be just setting the, setting the game alight and just worrying about winning and, you know, him and Cody are flying. So, mate, I think it's 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 an open race now. I, I really do. And, yeah, it's, oh, another, another one for me at the moment is the Cowboys. I just don't, you know, they're up there at the moment, but I'm just not sure if they can... You know, win win the big games um, as you seen last week against the Roosters side who just played tough um, and come over in the top. So it's going to be a great final series. I'm I'm actually really excited um, to see he's going to take it out, but it'll be very interesting towards the back end. Mate, we'll let you go. We appreciate your time this morning, bright and early. Thanks, boys. And we'll catch up soon. Thank you, boys. See you soon. Thinking about your next build or renovation, Wideline Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. There's advice and tips to get you started. They even have a colour selector and window planning tool, plus free online quotes returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wideline Windows and Doors website. Go to www.wideline.com. Dot com dot au. Now, Nick Kyrgios has just been beaten in 50 minutes by Taylor Fritz in the second round of the ATP event there in Cincinnati, 6-3, uh, So I haven't seen any blow-ups, but uh, all of a sudden, just uh, a tough defeat there for Nick when he seemed to be sailing along so well as he edges towards... Sore knee. A tilt at the US Open. Sore knee, you reckon? Patel okay, He's holding his knee there. Patel attended. Injured. That's your professional yeah. diagnosis. I'm a, I'm a physio. Beauty. Bit of a sore knee. Didn't want to do any extra damage. Took the loss. He'll be right. Give him a week. Fritz is a very good player, to be fair. 
emerging star. You see it on his reality TV show, Nicky Boy. Yeah. He'll find out the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon you'll watch it. Yeah, of course I will. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, of course. I'd watch it. I don't. Yeah. I I think it'd be massive. I know people don't like him, but I reckon people will watch him. Oh, that... The, the tennis series that, that coming tennis up series, on but if he had a docker, be very in, popular. Man, if he had his own reality yeah, TV yeah, show, you'd watch it watch as well. It. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It'd be massive, I reckon, <laughs> just to find out what he's doing. He's 12 we've months. Got, we're going to try and get him on the program. He's, well, due, he's, he's due to come on this well, program. I don't think he's come on now. On, he's got he? no tennis for the next couple of weeks anyway. He's out of this tournament, so I'm sure we'll get him on. We've got an in. Yes, we do, don't we? Yeah. So we've got an in. I'll be able to... Lean on my sources, source mm. and see whether he can line him up for us. Ah, get him on for sure. Um, now, I like that's the other thing. The more he wins, the more this other stuff off the field will just fade away. Exactly right. People will accept a lot more if he if he keeps winning. Yeah, it's John McEnroe. Eat your heart out. He's a good player. He's a just, good player. If he can, if he can just get you know, keep playing the way he's playing, keep winning major tournaments, have success, he'll, he'll get he'll get away with a lot more. And when we get him. Get him on. Middo will suck right up. Yeah, Middo. Oh, mate, you're number one. You'll suck. I've, I've been on Nick Kyrgios. Oh, please. I have. What, I've been, been a big supporter of his. Oh, that'll do me. You haven't. I, I, I have drifted Oh, g'day, Nick. Out. How are you, mate? Well done. Hey, <laughs> 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 Juicy Gun World. I think you'll win the US Open. Uh, oh, well done, Nicky boy. Can we get, I can see you now. Can we get Cameron Smith on the same <laughs> mate, day as well? Yeah. Rugby league Cameron yeah, Smith. big toughy beyond. Your favourite, hey? Middo. As soon as he comes on, you do that. Oh, Nick Kyrgios, thanks for coming on the program. What oh, an geez, amazing 12 oh, months oh, it's man. been. Geez, you've done a lot of work off the, off the court lately. So not a good morning for the Aussies in round two at Cincinnati. Taylor Fritz beating Nick Kyrgios 6-3-6-2. And the seventh seed, the Canadian Felix Auger-Aliassime beating Alex Diebenort by the same scoreline, 6-3-6-2. Overnight in the cricket, uh, Pup. South Africa sent England in. Rain affected day at Lords. Play ended quite early, 32 overs bowl, but uh, South Africa justified their decision because they've got England six for 116. As uh, Ollie Pope, 61 not out, the only shining light. In fact, the only other player to reach double figures was Ben Stokes, who made 20. And uh, the South African quicks uh, went well. Uh, Norcha. Three for 43, Rabada two for 36, and Jansen one for 18, the tall mm. left armour. So uh, South Africa on top there, you would say. It's uh, very much a rain-affected day one at Lords. Yeah, about well, a heat wave. Put a game of cricket on, you'll find rain anywhere. And it just always seems to be the case. But good start by South Africa. Gutsy, winning the toss and bowling. But obviously a bit of overhead conditions, clouds around, bit of rain. Um, forecast. So yeah, that, they'll be that, they'll really want to knock England over for sort of that one sixty one eighty, and then hopefully the sun comes out and bat well for in the first innings. But yeah, I think you always know when you go to England, you're gonna you're gonna have days like this. There's just gonna be enough movement, certainly on a day one pitch, bit of swing. You nick it and you get bowled out for not too many. But yeah, if England can scratch something over two hundred. Um, that's what they're going to want to do. So that's really going to rely heavily on Ollie Pope to go on and make 100. The teams these days, like the old days, well, I'm assuming the old days, or was it just the Australian mentality of batting first? But does it seem now more teams I think, bowl Well, I think you look at more? your strengths, yeah. I, I think, you know, to me, when Mark Taylor, for example, captained versus Steve Waugh captain, they, they saw it very differently. Tubby as an opening batter always thought if they could put any runs on the board, the easiest way for Australia to win was to ro- rely on Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath, yeah. for example. He always he's, he had the faith in his bowlers that whatever we had on the board, we can bowl the opposition out. So that was his main reason for always batting first. Um, Tugger saw things a little bit different. Um, I, I think he probably more went for, you know, let's see what conditions are like because we we do have a good bowling attack, but we've also got a very good batting attack. So he was a little bit different. So I think it just depends on what your captaincy style is. But more importantly, what's the strength of your team? Yeah. You know, if you feel like your bowlers are, are your strength, then you, you Take want advantage you, of the you conditions. Want, and for Australia, we had, you know, the greatest spinner of all time. So you want him bowling when... 
the pitch is at its worst for batting or hardest for batting because the ball is going to spin. So that's probably what Tubby's thoughts were. Um, but, yeah, you probably do see more often these days. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe Root for England, he was happy to bowl first. He was happy to send teams in and, and bowl first, um, you know, when he was captain. So it really just uh, varies on, like I say, what your strength is as a team, but also what sort of captain you got. Jamie Rogers, morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys, and good morning to all of our listeners. Uh, boys, Ruby Kisses raced yesterday at Canterbury. I know you had Josh on just before saying he was out there. I missed her in person. She was racing at 4.30. She ran second too, JRC. She did. Coming up the fence. Yeah. So did you back her, Loz? Uh, I didn't, no. no. Well, she. Um, look, I thought she did really well, but she, she always does try really hard, and she certainly gave it everything yesterday. So finished second, as you said, behind Twilight Affair, and I thought that Ellen Hennessy, who, was on board. I did a brilliant job. So it was great. She she hasn't been brilliant this campaign, I must say, this preparation, but third start, she um, was pretty good yesterday. Oh, good stuff, JR. So we'll track her. Is she going to have another run or go to the paddock? What's the plan? Any uh, idea? We haven't heard anything yet. We'll get a report today from Gerald Ryan, no doubt, with a rough idea of what to do with her next. She's, uh, she's only had three starts. Uh, well, this preparation oh, okay, she's had, sorry. yeah. Okay. She's had a 17-week spell and then this was her third start back. Okay. Ready, ready to peak next next time. Yes, yes, I hope so. I mean, look, she's done well. You just want your horse to pay their way, and she's certainly doing that. So very happy with Ruby. Um, guys, LeBron James, that came out this morning, he has signed a two-year extension to stay on at the Lakers. So this contract of his is now going to take his career earnings to more than $700 million, and that doesn't include sponsorships and that sort of stuff. But he's the highest-earning player in the history of the NBA. So he's set to stay at the Lakers for another two more years, and just on them, the NBA unveiled the schedule for the upcoming season and they will open the season on Wednesday, October 19 with the Golden State Warriors, who, of course, will get their rings and also the 76ers will face the Celtics. So still a few months away, though, boys, before the season tips yeah, off. But I'm sure the Lakers will still have Russell Westbrook and they'll still be ordinary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Surely Russell Westbrook <laughs> has to bounce back from one of his worst seasons ever, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, great stuff, day out. We'll check in again soon. G'day, Gowie. Yeah, morning, fellas. Now, the World Series of Darts is coming, what, the Wollongong Friday and Saturday. Are you going? Yeah, yeah. We were in town for the last, uh, last week, actually, and uh, Gilman Price uh, got beaten by Michael Ben Gerwin. So I've been covering the darts for Fox for, oh, seven, this will be my seventh year, and uh, he got quite into it. Um, if you've never been before, go. Loz, is it? I've been before, you? mate. Yeah, you come one year and um, down at, uh, I think, Star. Star. Yeah. We're in that time. And uh, it's a, it's an amazing night, actually. There's, there's only, they're pretty much sold out down in Wollongong. There's only a few tickets left for Friday night. So 4,500 people, they all get dressed up. They drink. The players are, uh, you know, the best eight. The players players. drink while darting? Some of them. No, they don't play. No, they, are you allowed to? I think they can. What do you mean? You're allowed to be professional and drink. Look at Ponga. <laughs> it's uh, professional. They can. They do before they play, and they have a belly full before they play in the players' room. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You can get blind before you play. I don't think they. You have to. Yes. Oh. Well, some of them can't throw. Uh, Gary Anderson, sober. You can't throw sober. <laughs> Gary Anderson, who's a three-time <laughs> world champion, he tried it a few years ago and tried to get a bit fitter and, and got off the drink, and uh, he couldn't hit the dartboard. So he got back on the drink and started winning again. So, yeah, they have plenty before they uh, play. There's a dartboard set up in the players' room and. And they warm up. It takes them about three hours to warm up. They get out there and um, and get into it. But it's it's great fun. And we're you know we've got eight of the best players from the Oceania uh, right. section, which is you know, Simon Whitlock, who we all know, who got through last week, got through to the semi-final, um, got beaten by Gerwin Price in the end. But another guy, um, Gordon Mathis, he got through to the the uh, to the semi-finals uh, and um, you know went close, but uh, no cigar in the end and end up best players in the world playing off in the end. So this week will be interesting because Gerwin Price got very upset when uh, Michael Van Gerwin beat him and, and sort of stormed off stage. So because um, he'd been beaten twice, he'd been beaten the world match play the week before. So he's upset. But they, those two fire up in the uh, in the event and in the final will be interesting. To see. I didn't know what I was getting myself in for, Gowie, when I went to the darts tournament. But I yeah. must say, I really enjoyed it. Regardless whether you like darts or not, just the atmosphere in the room that it creates is unbelievable. Yeah, it's just 
yeah, you know, and they're exceptional what they do, right? They, you know, they hit triples and doubles at the right time, and and there's actually a bit. Of, there's more than that. There's a strategy to what they do, and um, it, they're they're quite incredible. I don't think you call them athletes, but I think you do because it's all a bit of a mind game uh, with them. But the atmosphere is incredible. If you've never done it, try it. It is incredible. Uh, now, the Corn Ferry Tour. Who's got the chance of taking this out, Gowie? Yeah, well, this is interesting. Now, this changed a few years ago on, on the, the tickets they give out to the PJ Tour. So the top 25 of uh, normal years play is done. And young Harrison Endicott, well, he's 26 years of age now, uh, from the Avondale Golf Course in uh, Sydney, coached off Ben Patterson, who he's been coached from him for, for years. He's done it the tough way, this young fella, and he, he got over to the US. He went and played the Latin American uh, Tour for a couple of years. He sort of flew under the radar, and now he's got a US Tour card. You know, he's done it the tough way. He's worked his way to the PJ Tour. He deserves every bit he gets. He's got a great story. He's a funny bastard, too. Um, so he's got his Tour card. We've got four Aussies actually there this week. They now have a three-week playoff. Now, I think this is better than watching the PGA Tour playoff. Because these guys are paying for a ticket to get into the tour next year, where these guys who are playing the top seventy, playing the BMW, they're playing just for a bucket load of money. You know, they've secured their cards and their PGA rights for next year. The guys in the Corn Ferry for these next three events are playing for their their livelihoods. Basically, we've got Anthony Quayle who plays it normally up in Japan. Aaron Badley is a is a regular. Obviously, Jason Scrivener and Minwood Lee who tried his hand on the US Tour through invites this year. And didn't play so well. Played well at Augusta, played well at a couple of events, but didn't didn't get a card uh, through the way he was trying to get it through invite. So um, if he plays well in the next three events, he'll have a tour card. So, you know, if you're watching any event this week, I think that's the event to watch on TV. Gowie, we've got an update on Cam Smith. Uh, is he, How's his injury, firstly? And have we heard any more about him signing or not signing with this live tour? Oh, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's signing with the Live Tour. Everything points towards that. He hasn't said it himself. You know, he actually said that, you know, you know, with any uh, any announcements, he'll make it himself, mm. not no one else. Uh, but, no, he has pulled out this week. But, you know, I think he was unfairly, um, you know, judged last week with his, with his ruling that they, they gave him a two-shot penalty after the fact. The next day, an hour after, an hour before he was supposed to play, they gave him a two-shot ruling from the day before, which they'd already passed. Said, "Yeah, we think it's okay." And then they come back and reviewed the tape and said the ball was touching the, the hazard line. He hit the ball into the into the water. He, he took a drop, rolled back, and it was it was sort of touching the red line. Now you have to take full relief. You have to have the ball, you know, completely out of the hazard or the penalty area. And it obviously wasn't. Or the, the ruling was right. I think the ball was touching the line. Cam went and played the ball, but they come back an hour before he played on, you know, day four when he's in contention. You know, that just shouldn't happen. If you've looked at it once, a bit like the video refs on rugby league, if you look at it, you should know what you're looking at. Everybody else sees it. And I think the PGA Tour didn't do themselves any justice there by the way they handled that. It's possibly, the way they handle it is possibly a bit of a dig, you know, because he's heading to the live tour, which I thought was disgraceful. But on the other side of Ken Smith, he hit a guy in the hand and the guy was holding the mobile phone. Cam went up, gave him his number, said, mate, give me a ring, I'll send you a new phone. And to his credit, the little Queensland and sent him a brand-new upgraded phone a day later. What about the BMW Championship this week, mate? Yeah, 70 players in there. We've only got four Aussies. Uh, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, Herbert and Cam Davis, who's been playing exceptionally well, Cam Davis. He, he hasn't, you haven't heard of him because he's, he's finishing top 10s and top 20s, but so regularly in contention. Um, I like John Ram this week. He finished tied fifth. He, was, you know, he led the Greens in regulation last week. He didn't hold any putts. Um, it's only a matter of time until he gets his comps the whole putts. He's only $13. But I tipped Adam Scott as the best Aussie last week. He was. He finished tied fifth. And I, I keep tipping him because he's just getting, you know, it just looks like he's about to win. Um, he's my roughie at $41. He's just, I think he wants to win. He hasn't won all year. Um, no idea if he's going to live to or not, but you know, he just uh, if he is, he wants to go out with a bang, I think. Okay, so Gowie's tips John Rahm, $13 with tab, and his rough is Adam Scott, $41, or he's the $2.50 favorite in the top Aussie market. Thanks so much, Gowie. Thanks, fellas.
Adam Pengilly coming up shortly from the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, uh, pretty big story in regard to the Melbourne Storm, broken by the Courier-Mail last night as well. Cameron Munster has rejected the club's latest offer and he's set to test the open market. And Braithen Astor then on NRL 360 on Fox League confirmed it is most likely that they'll go to the market November 1. However, he was at pains to point out things could change between now and them. But when you look at the figures, apparently around $800,000 a year has been offered by the Melbourne Storm, and he could command upwards of $1.3 million at the Dolphins, uh, $500,000. I mean, that's big money in anyone's language. I, I did listen to one thing Anasta said last night. He said, well, the Storm, and he used the word prioritised. Mm. Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen. So you just get the feeling that, and I can understand that. They're going, well, okay, you've gone and signed those guys, and yeah. this is all that's left in your salary cap, so we're going to test the open yeah. market. Yeah. So, But they're probably thinking we can keep three, but if we sign Munster, we can only keep two. That's what Melbourne would be thinking, mm. and now they're trying to keep Cameron there. Cameron's entitled to earn as much as he can, and I think the attraction of going home on top of the amount of money that the Dolphins will have to offer will be too hard to pass up. And I think he's always made it clear that he wants to go home and live in Queensland. So I, I think it will be a no-brainer that he is a marquee player for the Dolphins and go and work under Wayne Bennett. 100%. Um, and again, he's given everything to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, it's Melbourne Storm's priority to prioritise their players. Um, and I, I'm sure they'd love to keep... Cameron, but unfortunately, if you've got four really good players and you've got to try and fit as many of them in a salary cap as you possibly can, and you can get three of the four rather than two of the four, that's probably a business decision that they've made. Adam Pegilly from the City Morning Herald. Morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Uh, how was the NRLW launch yesterday? Yeah, it was good. It was actually my first time, Jared, being inside the new Allianz Stadium. Um, had a bit of a, a peek around and looks impressive, I must admit. Uh, probably a, just a bigger version of Bank West, but obviously a shiny new stadium with uh, 40 odd thousand seats. So I can't wait to see the first game being played there in a couple of weeks' time when the Dragons and the Roosters play NRLW, followed by the Roosters and um, Roosters and Souths in the big NRL clash uh, later in the evening. They should be a bit righty on that game, you would think. It's probably going to be a top four implications potentially, or even a, even the Roosters trying to trying to maintain their spot in the top eight. So. Yeah, uh, good NRLW launch yesterday. Those teams are ready to go this weekend for the start of the competition and uh, can't wait to see it get going. Talking some racing and what do you make of the barrier draw for the Wink Stakes? And the other thing about this race I've noted is Hugh Bowman's chosen fangirl over Forbidden Love. Surely he would have had the option, wouldn't he, between those two? Yeah, would have thought so, Jared. So fangirl, I think, is one of my horses to follow for the spring. I really like the progression in the autumn. I know she started in the last start of the, the campaign, but she's a horse, so I definitely want to follow all throughout the spring, whatever type Chris Wallace sort of aims for her later in the campaign. Obviously, most of the talk, Jared, has been about Animo in Barrier 1. Um, a little bit sticky, barrier draw, yeah. given a lot of the speeds drawn to the outside. But there are a lot of horses in this race who want to get over further, obviously, later in their campaigns and are genuine backmarkers. So I'm still expecting him to posse up somewhere midfield there on the fence. He'll probably need the brakes at some stage in the straight, obviously, given uh, he's going to be hemmed towards the inside. But I don't think the barrier draw is as bad as what it might have been initially on paper. But he's getting out to probably his right price now, isn't he, Jared? Around that $2.80, $2.90 mark. He was very, very skinny, I thought, earlier in the week in all-in markets. It's just a matter of trying to find a horse to beat him. If you think he's vulnerable first up, I obviously think he's probably a tad vulnerable first up. I think he's better form uh, as a four-year-old would be over a mile and 2,000 metres. I'd imagine that all roads are leading towards Cox Plate. He's got to try and find something to beat him there on the weekend. When do we see the Everest given Group 1 status, mate? Yeah, Loz, you can set your clock to this debate, isn't it? It always sort of pops up around this time of year. And um, I'm a believer that it, it should have Group 1 status. It's... it's Cement itself as, as probably the or easily the best sprint race in the country and probably the best sprint race in the world. I know it's racing politics that prevents it from happening, but I'd, I'd like to think in the next six to twelve months that the states can sit down and, and really have a look at this pattern and work out what our best races are and what should be Group Ones. So I've been on the record before, boys, with you guys saying that we've got 73, 74 Group One races. 
That is far, far too many Group 1 races, in my opinion. If I'm being really harsh, a race like the Wink Stakes, I don't think should be a Group 1 this week because it's, it's a kickoff point for a lot of horses. They want to get over 2,000 metres and beyond later in their campaign. So the same goes for the Memsey Stakes down there at Caulfield in a couple of weeks' time. But I do think the Everest deserves to have its Group 1 status now. Whether that happens or not uh, this year, I highly doubt it, obviously, but hopefully get something in place for next year and the, and the years beyond. Oh, how many shows could we do on the rating program? Seriously. Uh, oh, what a like, mess. Seriously, seriously. Yeah. We, we, could, we could sit here and talk oh. hours about it, hours about it. Oh. And um, I, you know, we, we complain about horses, especially Colts, going off the stud way too early because they, you know, they, they won their group one and they go off the stud and they retire as three-year-olds. Well, we're the architects of our own demise in that regard because we have so many group one races. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to... Exactly. Why have we got 70-odd group one races? Anyway... Don't start me. Blake Shin, he's back in Australia, riding here as well, Saturday. Yeah, very, very keen to see how he comes back, Jared. He's always had a little bit of a pit stop in Singapore after finishing up in the Hong Kong season. He hasn't ridden in Australia permanently for many, many years now. And I'm, I'm very keen to see how he goes down at Moonee Valley to start off his, his uh, Australian, I suppose, return on the weekend. He, he did it tough in the first stage of going over there to Hong Kong. He really struggled to get some momentum going, but he stuck it out and he was just... He did a really good job. I think he persevered and be really proud of his efforts to hang in there in a really tough jockey's market, which is obviously dominated by the likes of Zach Burton and Joe Marrera. But given Blake's been very open about some of his mental health challenges and the, and the strict lockdowns and bubbles the Hong Kong Jockey Club has placed on all their participants over there throughout all the COVID pandemic and, and, and lockdowns, he had to come back to Australia. So I don't know whether he settles long-term in Melbourne, decides to come back up to Sydney and make a fist of it up here, but I'm just great to see him back in Australia. I don't think it'll be too long before we see him riding in the big Group 1 races again. Looking forward to getting your Group 1 mail tomorrow, mate. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Jared. See you, boys.